We are headed into NFL Week 16. We have teams who are clinching playoff spots. We have teams who are getting eliminated from playoff contention. Brendan, how are we doing, man? My dog's barking. Just kidding. It's not my dog. I'm great. I'm great. It was a good yeah. week. Yeah. It was a pretty good week of games. Very exciting. It was. I'm ready to it keep was. it going. About to hit the postseason. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yep. So, last two weeks, we're at the home stretch of the regular season. We have some big time games that we want to break down this week. Five in particular. We're going to go over some bold predictions we have for the week, some of our models' best bets as well. And model best bets went two and one last week. We had the Rams minus six. We missed on the Packers, but we hit on the Texans to cover plus one and a half. So two and one model best bets yet again come out on top. So what we're going to do, we're going to skip some of our takeaways from the previous week due to the holidays. We are jammed for time. We have a lot going on, especially with the app development. So uh, let's get straight into the fun stuff. Big game breakdowns. First game of the week. Baltimore. Goes to San Francisco to play the 49ers. 49ers are five and a half point home favorites. This feels like it could very well be the Super Bowl matchup. I don't have to tell anybody that. Everyone knows and is well aware that these are two of the best teams in the league. And Baltimore coming off of a good win against Jacksonville. Not going to say great. They still had a lot of uh, stuff that they can clean up for sure. They also lost Keaton Mitchell, which is a big bummer. He's definitely been mm. one of their more explosive players on the year. So uh feel really bad for him. But nonetheless, this team is trucking along uh, through the AFC. They currently sit atop of the AFC as it stands. 49ers on the flip side, they're on top of the NFC. They're number one seed. They just routed the Cardinals. They actually just clinched their division. So... It feels like they are unstoppable right now, the way that they're playing. Um, Brock Purdy is playing at an elite level. MVP, he's the favorite to win the MVP right now. I actually saw he was minus 200 on a few books uh, earlier today. Christian McCaffrey is balling. Unreal. He actually single-handedly eliminated me from two different different fantasy leagues. Tough um, one. Yeah, I know. I have to give him credit what credit's due. So, uh, but nonetheless, 49ers lights out football all around. Fun fact San Francisco is playing so efficiently that Brock Purdy is leading the league in passing yards per attempt by a full yard. And then on the contrary, the, the 49ers offense. Has is dead last in the amount of offensive plays run. How crazy is that? They're they're you made that up. I swear that I, up. I don't. They're 29th in the league in total offensive plays per game, and dead last in total offensive plays ran on the year. How nuts! One of the best offenses in the league, yet they're dead last in the amount of plays. Like that's how efficient that Brock Purdy and company are operating right now. Yeah, they're Unreal. scoring about three plays. Exactly. Caffrey, 30-yard run. Debo, 10-yard exactly. catch. Debo, 60-yard catch. Yeah, subsequently, they do have the highest touchdown rate in the league. I mean, and again, their players are averaging 
some absurd efficiency metrics like yards per carry and yards per reception and all that. All of their guys are uh, top tier in each one of those. So, but this is going to be a match, a fun matchup. It's going to be truly incredible. And we are lucky enough to get it in this upcoming week. Now from a game breakdown perspective, these two teams pretty much are they're They operate in the same way. You know, you look at it, Baltimore leads the league in total rushing yards. San Francisco's third in the league in total rushing yards. They love to run. They're one of the few teams that can actually prioritize the running game and use that as their first line of defense uh, or first line of attack on the offensive side of the ball and then use the passing game as a secondary weapon. Lamar Jackson, he is playing. He's progressively playing better and better throughout the year, especially using his arm. Um, Although, Jag, uh, against Jacksonville, he had 97 rushing yards, if I remember correctly. Um, so again, he can use his legs whenever he needs to. We all know that. Um, so in this game, I think these two teams match up really well. Top tier defenses and really, really efficient offenses. Offenses, excuse me. Um, but I am not surprised that the 49ers opened up with a full five and a half points. Now, before I get into the model projections and some more numbers, Brendan. But what's your reaction to this game? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, the 49ers just, like, daddy slap people all the time. They had a three-game losing streak in the middle of the season. And besides for that, I mean, they don't – they pretty much destroy teams. I mean, maybe it might not look like that on the scoreboard, but they pretty much obliterate everybody they play. And um, I don't know what – you know, I don't know – I don't think anything's going to change. I think that they cover five and a half. I think that the Ravens are a good team, but they aren't. The 49ers just like, they kill them and they spit on them, you know, like super disrespectful. They just keep pouring on, pouring on. They just score at will. So the Ravens haven't been able to do that this year yet that much. So I think the 49ers Mm. cover five and a half. Yeah, that's well. So I'll go ahead and say my projections actually have 49ers minus three and a half. Um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning with you, man. I, before I, I kind of give anything official offensive VPA per play, Baltimore is ranked seventh in the league. San Francisco, obviously number one, most efficient team hands down. Now on the flip side, offensive VPA per play allowed Baltimore second, San Francisco fifth. So that begs the question, statistically speaking, metrically speaking, the Ravens actually have the superior defense, but according to the eye test and personnel wise, would you, would you go as far to say as the Ravens do have the better defense? Or do you think the 49ers actually have the nod there? Cause talent wise, I you mean, could, you could make the argument that the 49ers have the better talent, especially on the defensive front. Tariq oh, Armstead. Yeah. The, def- the defense of front is, is 49ers, yeah. but I mean, they're. I think they're the top two. So, know, like, I, it's, you know, I don't think it really matters who's necessarily the best. It kind of depends great. on, you know, who shows up that day, I guess. But, yeah. And the Ravens, I don't want to give them, like, discredit them. They are one of the best, if not the best, defense in the league. I mean, they have playmakers all over the field. And so. I think this is going to be a 
the defense is really going to come into play, but it's going to be a test of whether or not these offenses can truly execute based on what the defense does because the 49ers will find success. They really will on, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, no matter how good a defense is. So can the Ravens offense match that? I think that's, that's the begging question for me and why I initially lean uh, the 49ers to, to beat the Ravens outright and potentially cover that five and a half because I am confident in enough in Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy to answer even against this really tough Ravens defense at home than I am in Lamar Jackson to go to San Francisco and answer and try and play keep up against the 49ers. So that's kind of where my head's at. And, and not to knock Lamar Jackson, he's like, he's well deserving of the MVP, um, you know, being a candidate in the MVP race. I think he's number two right now, actually. And again, he is well more than deserving um, of that, but just strictly off the eye test, off of all the games that I've watched, I am more confident in Brock Purdy right now than I am in Lamar Jackson. I think it comes down to the weapons. I mean, if you look at it, the teams and the quarterbacks, I mean, you're splitting hairs. But the fact that yeah. Brock Purdy is throwing the ball to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, <laughs> and Lamar's throwing it to Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, uh, Odell, Bateman. Well, and a I mean, I I I agree with you know you what you're saying and in a blanketed type of way, but I don't think that the Ravens have scrubs. I think they're actually star-studded themselves in a way they have a a lot of young talent odell's kind of had a resurgence a little bit isaiah likely is playing phenomenal he's basically 95 percent mark andrews and zay flowers he's really come up late although he played a dud thankfully not thankfully for my fantasy teams no um but but still zay flowers isaiah likely playing as uh, well as he is um, Rashad Bateman's an underrated receiver this far in. Odell Beckham is kind of, again, he's kind of coming back up on top. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And their offensive line is phenomenal. Um, so I think it's more credit to the 49ers for having the weaponry that they do because I yeah. do think they're significantly better than the Ravens, but that's not to knock the Ravens. I, I think the Ravens are still star-studded in a way, just not as much as the 49ers. Yeah, I wasn't taking away anything from the Ravens, but the 49ers have the best running back in the league this season. And they have I mean I mean, am I wrong? Like no, dude, no, dude not at all. has like eighteen hundred touchdowns and like twenty million yards. And um, it, it's like it's it's not the fact that he is not only the best running back in the league, but he's operating under the best play caller in the league. Correct. I would say, Correct. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, like, I don't think anybody could argue that Kyle Shanahan is not the best play caller in the league. No, he's awesome. Just the way he draws plays up, the way, the the efficiency that the offense operates under, and and you, every underlying statistical metric will tell you that. They're, how efficient they are, uh, their success rates, their explosiveness, it's all top tier. And it's all thanks to, it all starts with Kyle Shanahan and his play calling and his schematics and just how well he can utilize his players in space. I agree. Sorry about my dog. <laughs> ah, it's all right. Sorry. Right. We've all been there. So 
That being said, I'm on the Niners too. I think they went out right. And I, in fact, do think they cover five and a half at home. I think they win by a touchdown. Um, I think they got a lot of proof. I think they're angry and they, they want more. You know, that's just one thing that I love watching about this 49ers team is they, they always want more. So that's going to be the most anticipated game of the week. And it's down. It's the Monday night football game. So we get the pleasure of watching it on an island. Next game, Cowboys go to Miami, play the Dolphins. Dolphins are one and a half point home favorites. Cowboys just got their shit rocks by the Bills. One of the most surprising games, one of the most surprising outcomes of last week in NFL week 15. Now, we picked the Bills to win and we picked the Bills to cover. We did. But, oops, didn't mean not to. Not in that fashion. Not in that fashion. In fact, we, you know, we called, we said it was going to be like a, like a four point game or something like that. If I, if my, I can recollect that correctly. But most surprising game by the Dallas Cowboys, especially with all of the momentum that they had and all of the success that their offense was finding. I was shocked that they put up a dud in the manner in which they did. But that should also be a testament to the Bills, man. Nobody's going to want to face the team in the playoffs. Assuming they no. do make it, nobody wants to play that team. And it's going to be hilarious because with how many games that they've lost at the beginning of the season, they're going to be a wild card. And, I, I mean, it's just... Whoever has to face them first is going to be that. That's bad. That's like that's like Alabama getting into the college football playoff and Michigan groaning when they find out. So, mm. but nonetheless, hey, Cowboys, Miami, we have a electric offensive battle heading into this game. I really do think the Cowboys offense will get it back on track, but I'm really hoping it's going to be a shootout. I do think both defenses are, you know, very capable of stopping each of the offenses. Um, so I'm hoping that it does go over and in, instead of stay under. Uh, but let's talk about the matchup. Cowboys again. Until last week, they had one of the most. They were one of the best and most efficient offenses in the league. Unfortunately, that came to a screeching halt last week. But they were passing it more than anybody in the league. They led the league in passing rate over expectation. Uh, they kind of just abandoned the running game, which I think kind of they kind of missed last week. Uh, Tony Pollard just couldn't get anything going, but I'm hoping that they can get Dak Prescott back rolling um, and, and CD Lamb fired back up. Of course, they're going to need to because I fully anticipate Tyreek Hill coming back. And once Tyreek Hill does come back, you know how explosive that Dolphins offense can be. So before I get into the numbers or any of the matchup, Brent, what do you think about this game? Who do you think wins and who do you think covers? What a call last week. What a call. What a call. Bills v. Dallas. That was, that was good. Um, I will say I wasn't 100% correct, but I did say the weather would affect it, and it was just a nasty, like 48 degrees and raining. And I think that contributed to a lot of the Cowboys type play as well as the Bills just dominating in their home field. But the Cowboys get right here. The Cowboys win the game. You know, Tyree's not that healthy. And the Cowboys have just shown that they've been a super complete team the whole season. And especially this close to the playoffs, a bad game like that, they'll get back on track and they will go ahead and take care of business. 
Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> no, it's a hey, busy week, man. We're, we're all that way. So my projections have this game at a pick even, 23-23. And so what's interesting about that is it's really close to the line. I think, you know, Dolphins are one, and, again, they're one and a half point home favorites. Um, but it's under the point total significantly uh, right now. It's 51 points. So that kind of leads me to believe that it might actually go under. Again, both defenses are more than capable of uh, making a few stops. But we'll see what version of the Cowboys that we get and what version of the Dolphins that we get. And basically with the Dolphins is, do we get Tyreek Hill or not? They're really going to need him to stretch the field. Jalen Waddle stepped in nicely last week, but I don't think he's going to be able to do that every week. And Tyreek is that dude. So. With that being said, I think that Miami will be able to really, really challenge this Dallas defense. And we saw that with Buffalo last week. There were a few plays where Josh Allen really dunked on this defense, uh, making plays uh, with his arm. And they are very, like, one thing that's interesting to me is Deron Bland, he's playing lights out football, but at times, and somebody made a good point the other day. He does league, you know, he has got the, all these pick sixes uh, and interceptions and stuff. But if he was actually as good as a top corner in the league, quarterbacks wouldn't throw to him. But they throw to him all the time. So um, it's not like he's the most capable corner. And he's certainly good. I'm not saying anything. But I think that he's not as good as what people make him out to be. So, I think that they're going to exploit some of this Dallas defense. I think they're going to try and stretch the field with Tyreek back. I think Dolphins win outright and cover the spread. Oh, very bad. Oh, all right. Oh, on the board. So the one with the reason I say that this, this offenses are very identical in a way. Offensive VP per play. Dallas is fourth. Miami is third. Um, Now the difference is Miami actually runs the ball. A significantly more amount than Dallas. Mm-hmm. So, what I think may happen is if the the Dolphins are able to get out on front on top, then I think they utilize the run game and they kind of game manage against the Cowboys. And especially at home in warm weather, I think there's going to be no issue with scoring points. And I think they're just going to be able to pace the Cowboys. And with Tyreek back, I just think that they come out on top plain and simple. So that's it. Dolphins one and a half. Let's do it. Beer bet. Beer bet away. All right. Hey, Browns go to the Texans. I think CJ Stroud will be coming back. I'm seeing reports more and more that he will be good to go. Nico Collins, I'm not so sure. I think he might be out for another week or two. But Mm. uh, this one's pretty big because both of them are still fighting for a spot in the playoffs. And it's going to be a fun one, in my opinion. I know a lot of people at first glance are like, oh, this game's ugly. But I'm personally looking forward to this because I'm really excited to see C.J. Stroud go against this Browns defense. And as of late, we've seen the Browns defense kind of drop off a little bit. So my only concern is, People are really heavy on the Texans. 84% of the total bets that are coming in on the Texans are coming in are on the Texans. 99% of the handle that's coming in for Action Network are on the Texans minus two and a half. So I was surprised by the opening line. 
at first because I did expect the Browns to be, you know, like one point favorites themselves. But Texans being a full two and a half first surprised me. But then all the money being on the Texans surprised me. So before getting into any of the numbers and the projections, Brendan, what do you think? What's your snap reaction? And what do you think is going to happen in this game? Yeah, I mean, I have been saying for a couple of weeks that I thought that the Texans will sneak their way into the playoffs here and that the Steelers and the Browns potentially would kind of inch their way out. And in order for that to play out, this has to happen. So I believe that if C.J. Stroud is back, I mean, I just barely won last week. But if C.J. Stroud's back, um, they're going to go ahead and take care of business at home. The spread's two and a half. I'll take it for the Texans, but I think it's going to be a pretty close one. I think the Texans take care of business. Okay. We have another beer bet. I'm taking the Browns. Projections have the Browns winning by one single point. So I'm going to ride with Scarlett on this one. I think that the Browns keep the momentum going. I think that without Tank Dell and potentially without Nico, uh, they'll have a hard time operating against these Brown, this Browns defense. They do get the bid at home, so they do have home field advantage in this instance. But I think with the Browns, with Joe Flacco getting more and more comfortable in this offense, with their defense being as good as their defense has been all year, I think Browns take this one home. Now, there, there are certain, certainly a lot of worries that I have. And, you know, metrically speaking, the Browns defense is really good. But we've seen that a couple as the past couple of weeks, you can exploit them. You know, look at what the Bears did. They were able to put up points against the Browns this past week and almost win. They they almost got that Hail Mary and they could have easily won. But their offense, as good as people Joe, think Joe Flacco has been, it's still not that great. They're 29th overall in EPA per play on the offensive side of the ball, comparatively speaking to Houston's at 14th in EPA per play. But flip it on the overside, offensive EPA per play allowed. Cleveland is still number one. Texans, 17th. So I like the idea of Joe Flacco being a little bit more comfortable in this game, going up against this Texans defense rather than I do with CJ Stroud going up against this Cleveland defense without Nico and Tank Dell. So um, I also, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. We did have the the future on Cleveland Browns over nine and a half regular season wins. So we need this. We need this bad. Even though at first we thought we lost it when Deshaun Watson got hurt. We're still in contention, man. It's very possible. Very possible. So Moving on. Possible. <laughs> Moving on. Lions go to Minnesota and play the Vikings. And boy, here's a divisional matchup I never thought would be that exciting, especially with Vikings on their third, fourth string quarterback, whatever you want to call it. But Lions are only minus three favorites at Minnesota. Minnesota is the home underdog. We all know how Brendan loves the home underdog. So I have a gut feeling where divisional you might home underdog. Divisional home underdog. 72% of the bets are online. 73% of the handle are online. So I kind of expected that. But thinking about it, Lions just destroyed the the Broncos. We we called that last week, by the way. Projections called it. But 
was it did that make you feel more confident in the Lions down the stretch or were you like, ah, I kind of expected that Lions at home in the dome. It pitched the, the Jared Goff narrative of he's Superman at home, but dude's a scared little pup on, on the road. Minnesota's still on the dome. So he has that going for him, but it is an away game. So Lions minus three divisional game Vikings fighting for a wild card spot. Who, what's your snap reaction? Tell me what you think. I think there we go. The Vikings lose and the Lions uh, cover the spread, oh. baby. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, what sorry, a blue violent. ball. That was violent. What a blue yeah. ball. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, this game doesn't qualify as an away game for Jared Goff, Jared Stink, because it's in a dome and it's close and yada, 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 and the Lions are going to go ahead and win this game and cover the three points. Mm. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. So, Detroit, offensive VPA per play, they're, sixth, they're ranked sixth in the league. Minnesota, 15th in offensive VPA per play. Detroit actually rushes the ball really well, like – Mm-hmm. I know that people know that with uh, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, um, but they're second overall in total rushing yards, and they are top five in the efficiency metrics, yards per carry, yards per attempt, and all of that. So on the flip side, offensive EPA per play allowed, Detroit ranked 18th in the league. Their defense is faltering as of late. Turn it over on the Vikings, ninth in the league in offensive EPA per play allowed. This is the Brian Flores comeback story of a lifetime. It's pretty awesome. I mean, incredible. This dude is falling out. And what's funny is, I, like, if you're a casual that watches the league, you need to know this. The Vikings have nobody on their roster on the defensive side of the ball that should be doing any of this. They're all scrubs. You know, they they were projected to be the dead worst team offensively speaking or defensively speaking in the league ahead of the season, just due to the fact that they had nobody on their team. And you look at what they, they finished as one of the worst defenses in the league last year with the near identical roster. So the Brian Flores effect has been real. And I think that's really what's keeping Minnesota alive. Truth be told, the projections have Minnesota winning by half a point. So I'm with you. I think, or I'm not with you, excuse me. I think Minnesota wins at home. I think we see road Jared Goff. I think the Vikings, they end up clinching. I think Nick Mullins can do barely enough. I mean, he doesn't have to do a whole lot, but mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson's back. He's got Hawkinson out there. Addison's balling out lately. So Vikings, for me, are going to be the ones that take this home. I can't say that with any sort of confidence, but I'm riding with it. The matchup on paper is very, very nice. I'm riding with Brian Flores and the boys. Yeah, I'm not as confident as I seemed uh, in that intro. But this is where I'm leaning. So I just like to disagree with Harrison. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's only right. It's Can only right. you take me higher? All right. Hey, we're going to do bold predictions. And then we're going to finish up the model bets, bets and rapid fire picks. So bold prediction 
for week 16. I'll get us started and I'll just say this bold prediction the Raiders beat the Chiefs outright. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Raiders beat mm. the Chiefs outright. I think that Antonio Pierce gets his guys going. They're feeling hot and heavy after their thumping of the Chargers last week. So, how about that? Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, let me hear um, you. Give me something good. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's not a, um, not a whole lot good here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, um, TJ Shroud's back, and the Texans win by twenty-one. <laughs> that is bold. It is bold. bold. Probably so bold it won't happen. That is, but that's what I said. That is bold. So, okay, I remember that. And he like Noel Brown has like 800 yards because he's the only receiver That'd be left. The clipping of a lifetime. If I can clip this after the Texans win by 21, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Thank okay. you, everybody. Uh, real quick. Thanks. Real quick. Best bets. Rams. At home against the Saints, minus four. We got we got the Rams on models best bets last week with the Commanders, and we're hoping to get them again this week. Uh, this one is depending on if Jacksonville uh, gets Trevor Lawrence back from concussion protocol. Jacksonville plus one and a half um, heading into their uh, matchup this next week, depending on if they get Trevor Lawrence or not. Um, they do play Tampa Bay, who's coming off of a good win against the Packers. But I think that if you can get this line with some sort of intel, the projections have uh, Jacksonville winning by four. So if you get news that Trevor Lawrence is back, anything up to three and a half is worth taking, in my opinion, from the model. So next one, Colts playing Atlanta in Atlanta. Colts minus one and a half in the Dome. I hate picking against my own team. I am an Atlanta fan, but... You got to ride with the Colts here. It's just an easy spot for Shane Steichen, especially with a chance to take over their division and make it in the playoffs as a wild card. That would be phenomenal. Harrison. Well, you got Harrison. something to say? Yeah, I'm sorry. About last week. Uh, it's okay. Fire Arthur Smith. Spread the word. Hire Kirby Smart. Amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be insane. That would fix two of my problems. My favorite NFL team mm-hmm. would get a damn good coach. The two and one. My, le- my least favorite college football team would lose their coach. So it's the best of both worlds, honestly. Be fun. So Browns plus two and a half is a model best bet for me as well. You already heard my take on the Browns and the Texans. So BJ and I are on opposite ends of the court on this one. But hey, you know, is what it is. We'll find out. Godspeed. All right, hey, let's finish up with some rapid fire and then call it a evening. Bills go to the Chargers. Chargers are eleven and a half point home underdogs. Do you think the Bills can cover a full eleven points? Yeah, I do. The Chargers. I do think the Bills can cover a full eleven. Okay, okay, fine. fine. I can dig. I can dig. Okay, Seahawks go to the Titans. Titans are two and a half point home underdogs. 
Will Levis injured might not play. We'll see. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think, oh, yeah, I think the Seahawks will cover. Same. The, same. the Titan, yeah, the Titans just aren't meant to come from behind. So if they were to get behind at all, Patriots, Patriots go to Denver play the Broncos. Broncos are six point home favorites. I'm taking Broncos all day. I feel yeah. like that's a little bit too easy. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay, dig Bronx. Giants go to the Eagles. Giants have the thing. They can do the funniest thing ever. And yeah, beat the Eagles and then make the NFC just an absolute shit show. Giants, 10.5 point road. Underdogs going to Philadelphia. Play to the Eagles. What you got? Davido. Davido. <laughs> I'm taking it. I'm taking Philly in there. Tommy D covers. Bengals. Big, big, big game. You know, I wanted to squeeze this in our big game breakdowns, but we didn't have the bandwidth to do so. Bengals, Steelers. Bengals are two and a half point road favorites. Divisional. The Steelers are divisional home underdogs in Akersure. They will be playing Mason Rudolph as their quarterback. Can the Steelers cover the two and a half points? Yeah. Under yeah, they can. Yeah. With Mason. Yeah. Uh, Jamarno might not play. You're right. You're right. Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding? This is going to be Jamai. one of those classic Mike Tomlin bounce back spots where they, they do, they've get, been doing they absolutely get, horrible. They got to get to 500. So, yeah. They only for got sure. a couple weeks left. Right. <laughs> what are we thinking? What are we thinking? What are we Commanders thinking? Jets, Jets, Jets at home, minus three home favorites. What do you think? I'm taking the Jets. Mm. Does Sam Howell get hurt? Uh, no, <laughs> I think they just pulled him temporarily. For being oh. honest, uh, yeah, I'll take Jets. Okay, Cardinals, Bears, Bears are four point home favorites against the Cardinals. Who you got? Yeah, I'm thinking the Bears and Justin Fields will have like a fifty point fantasy week because I don't need him to anymore because I'm out. Yeah, Bears, the Bears. It's a good one. I think they bounce back. All right, hey guys, we appreciate you joining us for NFL Week 16. We will be back here next week for. NFL Week 17, and we're being ready to um, get into the playoffs. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week.